When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 4, Episode 4. Chapter titled, Fishing for Verna. Fishing for Verna, which confused Tanya to no end because this episode <laughs> isn't about Verna. Oh, hey class, how's it going? We skipped a week and we hope everyone out there is being smart and safe and healthy and... Supportive, supportive. and kind and understanding and learning and growing some yes we hope you took that extra week that extra hour that you got back did some studying did some studying i we appreciate everybody who's out there protesting and and still fighting the good fight um i don't know we we don't need to dwell too much on it i guess it's just that's the world right now and it's crazy and let's try to be a little bit of levity? I don't know. Right? Sure. I mean, we got to get back to normal and do our episodes. Yeah. Definitely. Even though it feels weird to do it. Cause I mean, ep- yeah. Like, at least we can add some normalcy. Like, it even adds normalcy to, like, my schedule to have it there right. on Monday morning. Like, to not have it, I was, like, thrown off. And I was, you know, I was telling Alden earlier in the week that like I understand why so many podcasts took this time off it made it very difficult mentally though mm-hmm. because my brain is on a podcast schedule and I didn't have those podcasts I didn't have our podcast and it was like the following week the podcast came back and it made a huge difference to my brain yeah I, I at this point I'm kind of only really paying attention to two or so podcasts and both of them stayed on schedule, and I felt like that was really important. And they both talked about how important it was that they were staying on schedule. Um, and any of the uh, the McElroy shows that we listened to, they all took the week off, so that was weird. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, the Scrubs podcast kept going. Hmm, fancy that. <laughs> um, that who sh- who that, would have thought celebrities would just keep going? That sh- Well, I mean, so they, they address it, and they've gotten pretty decent at podcasting. I'm very proud of them. They're becoming podcasters. Anyway. Good for them. Um, I just want to say, aliens, when you find this in 3045, the year 3045. Oh, I thought you meant in 30 to 45 days, because that seems likely. Also possible. 2020 was crazy. Also, I wish you had found us in 2020. And then we would have had more downloads. I wish you had found us in 2019. Ooh, and taken us away. And just taken us away and just saved all of this from happening. Yeah. Beam me up. Probe me. Do whatever you got to do. Let's just make it happen. I mean, only probe the people that want to be probed. I do. Don't probe me. I don't want it. Okay. I am giving my consent. (laughs) We are teaching the aliens about consent now so that in a couple of months when they get here, they understand completely. Yes. I will do whatever I got to do to get off this planet. All right. Just for a little while. Then you can bring me back once everything cools down. So, Tanya, how you been? Hanging in there. Yep. How about you? Hanging. Hanging. It's been something. And I'm here now. 
Yeah, it's been, we've had a lot happen. Yeah, we have. It's been a lot. Oh, yeah. Part of the reason we took the week off last week, I mean, part of it is the unrest in the world. The other part is it was a really stressful weekend because I found out that I came in contact with a friend of mine who tested positive for COVID-19. So I was awaiting my test results this time last week, and that was stressful. I'm fine. I don't have COVID-19. I tested negative. Congratulations. Thanks. Our house is clear. Yep, but for a few days there, we were very worried. Everyone yeah. was very scared. Every time I would, like, breathe heavy, somebody would start wiping shit down. I mean, it was you. You were wiping everything down. <laughs> and Caden. <laughs> oh, Caden was terrified. Like, I don't think he slept for four days. He was so scared. Yeah. And I can laugh about it now. It was very stressful. But it was that. It was, you know, just the unrest in the world yeah. and, and the frustration with the fact that, like, Half of the people were trying to fight this fight, and then the other half were like, oh, so I guess coronavirus doesn't exist anymore. And it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So there's that going on now still. Like, it was just a lot. And then this episode was, we just turned it on, and we were like, uh, we can't do this right now. Yeah. So we're sorry, and we thank you for hanging in there with us. Yes, and welcome back to you guys. Yeah. Um, Did you write the blurb down? I did. Okay, so... On that note, classroom or not, Tanya? What? <laughs> oh, you see what I did? I see what you did. Um, oh, also, I've been playing Fire Emblem. I just wanted to add that in. I actually haven't. I've been playing Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which is a spinoff of Fire Emblem. I'm so glad that you answered that question that they obviously were asking I you. know. Everyone was wondering. Everyone's been out there waiting for two weeks to find out if I was still playing a Fire Emblem game. And technically the answer is no. But sort, sort of. of. Jinx. Double Jinx. Purple. Headed. Whoa. That's that's not where I was trying to go with that. Cluster or not? Blur me up. Uh, she wants me to unjinx her. And she doesn't understand that I'm still sitting here and there is no Coke in front of me. Uh, So not only did she not provide a Coke, but she didn't buy me a Coke, as per the Jinx rules. Um, Also, I didn't knock on wood, so I don't think it counts. I don't know all the Jinx rules anymore, but I know that our kids, when there's Jinx happening, there's like a preamble they have to go through. I'm not... I'm done now, I guess. Are you going to talk? I had to say my name. I I don't know. I don't think that's true anymore. Oh, that's... I'm so confused about jinxes. Blur me up. The blurb for Season 4, Episode 4, Fishing for Verna is, Corey doesn't realize how much someone meant to him until she passes away. Yes. Um, also, Classroom and not, Tanya. Not. not. Jinx, double jinx. Ba ba da ba ba da ba, buy me a coke. Um, why not? Why not the classroom, Tanya? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because we start in the kitchen. We're at the kitchen at the Matthews house. That's not true. We're. Oh wait, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> she broke her jinx just to be a pain in the you ass. You said Tanya. Just to be a pain in the. You ass. said Tanya, so I figured my jinx was up. The jinx is up. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we we're in the Matthews kitchen. Um, Amy made breakfast, lots of breakfast, like all of the breakfast all at one time. Uh-huh. Like a huge table full of breakfast. There's like eggs and cereal. And pancakes. And pancakes. And fruit. And I think there were muffins. I think like, so. It was like she was like, I want there to be a Shoney's 
midnight breakfast buffet on the table. Shonies. I loved Shonies. Goodness gracious. Um, you know you miss Shonies. I miss a lot of things that I can't eat anymore with my gluten-hating intestines. Um, anyway, we're in the kitchen. She's made all this breakfast. She's very excited to give it to her family. Eric runs down the stairs. And too he, busy. He's too busy. He's like, hey, running gotta late for go. Running work or something. Yeah, he, he was running late for something, and he runs out the door. And then Alan runs down. He's like, I've got to go give Eric the keys to the store. He's just not going to show up and unlock the store. And Morgan runs down, and, and the, the horn honks. And she said she's got to go. That's Tina's mom, and she has candy. And Corey runs down, and Amy is giving up. And she just opens the door for him, and he runs out, and he's just like, thanks. Yeah, because she goes through, like, let me guess. You're in a hurry. Got to go get Topanga. Um, why don't I just open the door for you? And he's like, thanks, Mom. Yep. Um, and then we cut to? The cafeteria. Cafeteria. Where they're getting lunch, Corey and Topanga. And Corey's very excited because there's mashed potatoes. And um, Brenda, the lunch lady, knows how to put the gravy on the mashed potatoes so that it's like a volcano and it's like perfect for Corey. And he's very excited. And he goes through this whole thing where he talks about how perfect the gravy on the potatoes is. And but like plays it out like a like a story, like he's talking to his potatoes. Like, oh, and here comes the gravy going down the 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 volcano and it's gonna hit the car and, and brenda is so happy about it she loves every second of it she thinks Corey is just like the apple of her eye and topanga is so annoyed or weirded out or confused until it's time to ask for pie and she's like uh brenda do you have any of that cherry pie and brenda's like no i'm completely out i'm so sorry and then she's like oh oh wait a minute what's this i put a piece under the counter for you and they're like, Brenda, you always do the right thing. You always have our backs or whatever. Meanwhile, Sean runs into the cafeteria all excited and uh, concerned. Like, he's perturbed-ish. Nervous-sighted. Nervous-sighted, yes. I think I got that word from My Little Pony. Oh. I, I used miss... to watch My Little Pony with Aubrey in the mornings when she was little. And without Aubrey, too. <laughs> no, don't tell people that. <laughs> he they're loved gonna, My Little think Pony. I'm a... Friendship is magic. They're going to think I'm a brony. I have always understood people who really love My Little Pony. That's all I'm saying. It, it was a very good show. Um, anyway, uh, Sean is nervous-sided. And he like comes charging in. He's just like, Corey, Corey, uh, you know that motel across the interstate they do a whole thing where he's like how long has it been since i've seen my mom and then they have like a back and forth about it yeah i don't remember much of that yeah um it was very quick and i couldn't write it all down but and it was just when it comes down to it he thinks he saw his mother in a motel across the interstate from the trailer he doesn't think he saw her he knows he saw her because Corey is like are you sure that was your mom and sean is like no that was my mom um so then we cut to the trailer park where Mm -hmm. we where um sean and his dad are living and Sean is talking to Chet, and he's just like, I swear I saw her. And Chet's like, there's no way. And he's like, he was like, if he if she's over there, why aren't you over there getting her? And he says, like, I spent a year looking for her. There's no way she's been right across the street the whole time. Right. And if she is there, why are you over here? Why aren't you over there getting her? And Sean's like, I'm afraid I will scare her away again. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then Chet says, you're not the one that chased her away. Um... Uh... You're not the one that chased her away. She only stayed as she long as she did because, because of you. Because of you, yeah. Um, which, you know, that's pretty self-aware of Chet. That's 
a little bit further from where he was before. Yeah, it's uh, baby steps. Yeah, very, very teeny tiny baby um, steps. And then they kind of just sit down at the table, and Corey's like, what are you doing just sitting down? Like, you found her. Go oh, get yeah. her. Corky's there. Corky, yeah. He Corky comes in, and uh, they basically convince him that he needs to go across. Well, but here's how. They, the they, butterfly. They're talking about how, like, this is why we can't go find her. And Chet's like, we can't go get her because you find something beautiful like that. She's like a butterfly. You don't have to do Chet's voice. I don't need to feel like Chet's here with me. In spirit? I don't want to feel like he's here with me at all. Okay. So he's like, you. she's like a... <laughs> she's making a face. Um, he says that she's like a beautiful butterfly. You don't want to scare her off. You... you Something sweet and delicate like that, if you move wrong, it's going to fly away. And then it, uh, Sean goes, well, we just need to find something that's not so scary. And then it pans over to Corey, who literally has a butterfly on him. And he's going, hello, little butterfly. Hello. <laughs> and so they send Corey across the interstate to get Verna back. Mm-hmm. So then we go to the motel. Yes. Where he knock, knock, knocks on the door. And then what happens? And Verna opens the door and she's like, Corey, I've been wondering when you were going to get here. I knew that you were coming. I saw you crossing the street. It's very dangerous. The highway. Oh, yeah. The the highway. It's an eight lane highway Mm -hmm. that he ran across like Frogger. Mm hmm. So he basically goes through the whole spiel like, hey, they know that you're here. You're like, they missed you. They wanted me to tell you that they missed you. And she goes, well, I messed them, too. And he kind of says, well, if you miss if you miss them so much, just they're right over there. Just go. Yeah. Like if you if you miss them and they miss you, then why don't you guys just go be together? And she says, what is that going to make us? We're going to have some big emotional reunion. And then what? And he says, then you'll be a happy family. And she goes, no, just being together doesn't make us a happy family. Being married doesn't make me a happy wife. Being married doesn't make Chet a good husband. And having a great son doesn't make me a good mother or make Chet a good father, which, like, I'm sorry, but that was all that all very good points. Yeah, no, that was great. Like, that was there was nothing wrong with what she said there. And right. I, I think in in maybe in 96 or wherever we're at, like it, it was still a little bit weird and and uncomfortable that when people got divorced mm-hmm. um but i think maybe people now kind of understand that a little bit better like yeah yeah we're in a bad situation that's okay we should get out of the bad situation right and she acknowledges that the way that she did it was wrong right but she is basically saying chet is awful yeah he says she says it she's like he's not a good person and until i see that he's a good person then I can't go back. Like, we were three unhappy people living under the same tin roof. Right. Very good point. Chet was an awful person. Yeah. She acknowledges that, like, leaving Sean was not the right thing to do. Right. Um, But now we go back to the hotel where Corey is. I mean... To the trailer. The trailer. Now you can... Now you can tell me I was wrong. We go back to the trailer where... Um, Chet says, well, Moses, is she in or is she out? Because Corey said, you have to be Moses to part that highway. And Chet says, well, Moses, is she in or is she out? And Corey says, all I can tell you 
is that she will be watching you. Oh, we, we forgot the part too. Uh, she sent Corey back across the street and she said, just, I don't want you to tell them anything about me. Um, just tell Sean that I love him and give him a big kiss on the lips. And Corey says, I will give him some version of that. Yeah, so it goes back across the street and Corey says, all I can tell you is that she will be watching you. And Chet was like, that's uncomfortable. And I think they said, um, he says something like, until you are like acceptable or appealing. Did he say that? Yeah, I I think so. And then Chet... Chet's like, well, Sean, we better look appealing. And, and they, they go like yeah. and stand in the window. And our dog is barking. Anyway, so we go to the cafeteria. Um, uh, Corey and Topanga are noting that Brenda isn't there. And, and she's never been sick a day in her life. She's never missed work a day in her life. And they don't understand why she's not there. And as they're standing there at the counter, Mr. Feeney walks in and gets everyone's attention. And he says, everyone, I have some bad news to let you know. Please be quiet. Um, Brenda, the lunch lady, has passed away. And, um, and they are just devastated. And Feeney's like, okay, um, a moment of silence, please. And they stand there and they're silent for a second. But then, like, very quickly, the cafeteria just goes back to normal. And mm-hmm. Corey is very obviously, like, upset by that, like... He's like, shouldn't we be doing something? Like, there has to be something that we can do. Like, a memorial? Are we going to do a memorial for her? And Mr. Fiend's like, no, there's nothing planned for this. There's no way of acknowledging this. Like, we just need to go back about our business. And then it pans back to Corey standing with his tray and the the, the new lunch guy very, um, very exaggeratedly scoops a giant scoop of mashed potatoes on and his plate thunks it thunks it with no gravy and Corey just looks at it yeah but it was the biggest scoop of mashed potatoes i've ever seen in my life but without yeah, but gravy, no gravy does it count uh we eat mashed potatoes without gravy all the time Shh, don't tell anyone <laughs> it's hard to get good gluten-free gravy it's it's almost impossible I've made really good gluten-free gravy before. But you got to do it, like, from scratch. Yeah. And that takes a long time. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. We go back to the trailer. Yeah. Um, where Sean... Oh, our favorite thing in the whole world. Sean is trying to convince his father that he needs to be a father and how much uh, he wants his father to love him. And Chet is fighting it tooth and nail still. And he's literally saying... Uh, but I'm here. Isn't that enough? No, motherfucker, it's not. Yeah, and Sean is saying, like, look, I don't understand. Like, uh, it was bad enough losing mom. I had to lose you, too. And And Chet's like, He says, I didn't even get a chance to know you. And Chet goes, well, we know each other. Um, And Sean says, yeah, um, yeah, because you called me every few weeks. Or no, Chet says... I sent you postcards and I called you every few weeks. And Sean says, yep, every 23 days, like he clockwork. He says he didn't send him postcards. Oh, he sent him every once in a while or something like he that. He called every once in a while. He could have sent a postcard or something. Mm-hmm. And Chet's like, well, what did your mom do? She didn't he, call or send anything to right. you. Did you get postcards from he, your mom? He turned it into a, yeah, well, what about your mom? She didn't send you postcards. So pff, at least I'm here. And, and Sean was like, yeah, she didn't send me po- postcards. And Chet's like, see? And he's like, she sent me a letter. 
she sent me letters and Chet was like, yeah, how often? And he was like, every single day from the time she was gone, I got a letter. She sent me a letter every single day that tells me she loves me and she misses me and she's sorry that she had to do what she did and she hopes I understand one day. And he pulls him out and Chet is just like, well, well. and then we hear at the door. And for the first time in season four, Tanya's going to yell into the microphone that I'm going to have to edit down, but she's going to say... Frankie! You didn't actually have to do that. I was trying to do it you, quietly. You could have pretended. I was trying to pretend. And then I would have edited it down, or I wouldn't have had to edit it down, and it would sound like I did. Now I really have to. It's Frankie. It's Frankie, and he's very sweet looking. He's he's so sweet looking, and he's just like, he's just like, hello, I have someone for you to meet. And like, around like just comes out from behind him is like a mini version of Frankie. It's his little brother Herman. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I need you to watch my brother Herman so that I can run across the interstate and grab him a quart of milk. Yeah, and he says I I apologize for the minor in- inconvenience. He is untrustworthy if left alone. And then Herman starts talking and I wish that I had been able to stop like gaga-eyeing over the television and and write down everything that Herman said because he talked just like Frankie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was adorable and I loved it so much. And honestly, like, you don't want to hear us talk about it. Just go watch that part of the episode. Yeah, go watch that part. <laughs> um, and the Brenda Corey stuff. Just anytime you see chat on the screen, fast forward. Anyway, so um, Cor- uh, or Frankie says, all right, I must go. Uh, but I will not. I am a. I am a good brother. I will not leave you alone. I will give you my watch. It's a little slow. I pray that I am not. <laughs> <laughs> and Herman goes, Godspeed, and they hug just so tight, and it was wonderful. Um, I will be looking this up on YouTube later so that I can see if there's just that clip. I for the entirety of. YouTube's existence. I have always wished that I had a playlist of videos that just made me happy that I could just have play on my TV every morning. And you just can like, do that. I know, but it's so much work. And just have these scenes play out. And I wish this was in it. Yeah. We've always like wanted to put like the McElroy stuff on it and Steven Universe stuff on it. And we have like, we will sometimes turn stuff on mm-hmm. on YouTube when we're getting ready for work in the morning just to sort of like start the day off happy. We need that. I leave that. you my watch. It's a little slow. I pray that I am not. <laughs> um, so anyway, Frankie leaves and Chet decides now is the time to apologize for being a shitty dad. Says he's sorry he didn't call her right. Um... And Sean says, like, we could have been a family. Why didn't you want that? And, like, no, are they 16? No mm-hmm. 16-year-old at this point, especially after going through everything that Sean's gone through, no 16-year-old has the awareness to actually say this to a parent. Right. So it, that's that's what makes this so hard to watch is because you know that most kids go through this and aren't able to articulate these thoughts. Well, and not just that, like, he's not just, like, bursting out. He's not acting out in anger or anything. Like, he's having, like, coherent, like, intelligent conversation with this man who's a Neanderthal and 
just awful. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's like, what? What do you mean? Like yeah. he's just awful. They yeah. need to just cut him out of the show completely. Well, let's go to the kitchen where Amy again has set up breakfast for everyone. Eric runs down. Alan runs down. Uh, uh, Morgan runs down and starts to grab breakfast. And then the horn honks and she goes, sorry, I got to go. Tina's mom gets really mad when I don't eat breakfast with her. (laughs) And uh, Corey walks down and he's real sad and somber. Mm -hmm. And Amy invites him to have breakfast and he says, I can't. The lunchroom lady died yesterday. I can't even look at food. It's going to make me too sad. My heart broke for him. Yeah. Like, I was always that person that felt like all of a sudden I'd be like, I don't even know this person, but I feel so just devastatingly upset. And as an adult, I've gone through that where like people who have been influential in my life, even without meeting them, like I mourned for Rachel Held Evans, like mourned. I had never met her, but she was so important to me. So, like, I completely, like, my heart broke for him. Well, I think, too, what I saw was that Corey, um, Corey's kind of lived, and I don't want to say privileged in Charmed. this way. Charmed. even still. I don't want to say because it's it's not anything that anyone did around him. It just didn't work out to where anyone close to him had passed. Right. So he's losing someone for kind of the first time, from what I can tell. Yes. And it's someone who's always been nice to him, and he never appreciated her. Mm-hmm. So he's having a really tough time reconciling that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes through with Amy, like, she, every day she served kids lunch. Like, what kind of life did she have? And, and now she's just gone. Um, and... So we go back to the trailer, and um, they're sitting and going through pictures. Sean and um, Shithead, Chet, are going through pictures. And, um, you know, Chet's like, oh, look at this one. This is where we did this. And, like, look at what a great dad I was. Trying to convince Sean that he was a good dad by going through pictures with him. This show is so fucking good about making this shitty relationship seem real. Like... No, these watching, things have actually happened watching to this, people in our lives. Watching this happen with Sean was so crazy because I've seen it happen with so many people that we know where, like, we watch them do the whole, like, oh, remember this time that everything was so great? Remember? Mm-hmm. Look, 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 look. Mm-hmm. And I've, I watch it work. Like... It yeah, works. It absolutely does. Remember when we used to play this together? Remember when we used to do this together? Why don't we do that again? Why aren't you into this still? Because they like want everyone to feel nostalgic for like the quote, the, the, quote unquote one good time right. that was good. Like Right. You're forgetting. You're intentionally omitting all the bad things by mm-hmm. only pointing to this one good thing and acting like remember how good those times were yeah but what about all the really really shitty times around it mm-hmm. that you caused because you're a shithead right alden really hates chet i do so do you i do i i was able to though like the episode ended and i was like oh that episode is so good and alden's like Anything with Chet is bad. <laughs> well, there were really good po- yeah. points in the episode. Like, but I Chet don't... is tough. 
to it, watch. Because it's so realistic. It hits so close to so many things that we've seen in real life that it's like it almost gives you those feelings all over again. And right. it's so uncomfortable and it hurts so bad. Yeah. So anyway, they're going through the pictures. Corey comes in and watches them doing that and is all heartwarmed. And uh, Chet goes, time flies when you're you're hanging out with your son. Puts his arm around him. And we cut to um, the funeral home. Mm-hmm. We go to the funeral home. Mr. Feeney is standing in front of the casket, but Corey doesn't seem to realize that it's Mr. He's Feeney. He's never seen so. the back of Mr. Feeney's head. He's also, like, he's very uncomfortable, and he's in a situation he's never been in before. So yeah. he comes in, he's like, excuse me, uh, a funeral director, or what does he call him? Undertaker, like, Undertaker sir. Undertaker, sir. Which just made me think of the Undertaker. Uh, it would. And he's like, I have never been to a place like this before. Like, what am I supposed to do? Is there something like, what? what's the deal? Like, what What am I supposed to be doing here? And Mr. Feeney turns around. He's like, you're supposed to be at school. And Corey's just like, oh, you can't do that in places like this, Mr. Feeney. And Mr. Feeney says, um, um, well, Corey says that, um, he just doesn't know how to handle himself and like he doesn't even understand why he's so upset. He didn't even know her, but like she didn't deserve this. She deserved so much better. And she was always so great and sweet to him. Um And and again he says like she just she just served us lunch and then like what kind of life did she have? And Mr. Feeney's like, Don't dismiss Something that was 100% this woman's favorite thing in the world. And, like, and getting to do it meant the world to her, mm-hmm. he says. And um, Corey says, I mean, meant the world to her. Didn't she have, like, kids or anything? And Mr. Feeney says, not everyone's as privileged as you think. And um, he starts to tell Corey that, you know, people would say, like, oh, do you have children? And she would say, well, I have 900 children. And she served them lunch. Every single day. And those were her kids. She knew what they liked. She knew what they didn't like. She knew what to give them more of. And that was so special. Yeah. And Corey said, well, I hope she knew that she was cared about. And Mr. Feeney says, well, she knew. And she had she had a place to belong. And Corey said, well, all of her 900 kids are going to miss her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he asks Mr. Feeney, how do you make people feel wanted and like they want to be together even when they don't realize it? Yeah. Clearly tying kind of what's going on with Sean and and his mom and his dad, um, with with what's going on with uh, with Brenda. Yeah, and really mostly what's going on with his own feelings because he's yeah. just like they don't realize that what they have, what they could have, is they could be together and they could have a really good family. But like if one of them passed away, they would lose out on that forever. Like it wouldn't be a possibility. So we need to fix this now so that that doesn't happen. And Mr. Feeney says, well, then you must tell them if you really feel that way. So Corey goes off and it goes to the hotel. Motel? I think it's a motel. Botel. What happens in the botel, Tanya? Um, you know, Corey just kind of comes in and is like, uh, you need to go back. Well, yeah, because she says, look, my little go-between boy's back. And she goes, you're all dressed up. What, are you going to ask me out to a talkie picture? <laughs> or a picture show? Something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and Corey tries to convince her to go back and she says, I can't, I've, I've done the worst thing that a person could do. Why would they even want me back? I gave up and I left, which sucked. 
She says, I gave up and I left, um, which is hard mm-hmm. because if you're in a bad situation, like, I don't want anyone watching this thinking, oh, I shouldn't give up and leave. Like, No, give up and leave, but take your kid with you. Right, right. I do, like, they struggle. So this is just from my point of view. Chet and Verna both definitely struggle with the fact that Sean does better with life because he has the other people in his life. And that's not wrong. Like, having the Matthews and having... Um, Mr. Turner and having Mr. Feeney in his life is far more enriching than them being shitty parents to him. So like I understand to a point her feeling like if I take him, I'm taking him from the only stability that he knows. He won't be around Chet that much, but he will be around these other good people. I just can't stay around Chet. This is dangerous for me. Right. Like I could never do that, but I do kind of understand that ripping this kid away from the people that he feels the closest to and the safest with would have been really bad, too. Yeah, but it's also like if she thinks that his dad is so dangerous, then she left him with him. Right. But maybe maybe the dad was never awful to Sean. Chet is dismissive to Sean. Right. That's not the same as like, I mean, it is awful, but it's not the same as how a a husband is with a wife. It's just not like Sean was never around. And I'm not saying like that, that she was right for leaving. I'm just saying like, I could see how in, in that emergency brain situation, she's like, okay, Sean is at Corey's. He's safe. He's good. I've got to get out of here. I it's like fight or flight. Like, yeah. gotta go. I can see that her just having to go. Mm-hmm. But at no point did she come back for Sean or anything like that. Right. Um, but I don't... Like, that's what I'm struggling with is people watching this episode in a shitty marriage who are being in being put into dangerous situations that are watching this going, I did the worst thing I could do. I left. Yeah. So uh, from someone who's been there, like, leave. <laughs> just go. <laughs> Um, yeah. So anyway, Corey says, well, they don't think you did the worst thing ever. They think they pushed you away. They think they did the worst thing ever. And, um, she says, well, what do you think? Like, what a shitty question. Well, to the she says, like, boy. you, you've been back and forth enough that you've heard both sides enough. Mm-hmm. What do you think? And he's just like, I think that you guys should be together. Well, first he likens them to a hole in the mashed potatoes with the gravy pouring down the sides just right. This was the sweetest thing Corey has ever said. And he says. I started crying. And he says, that might just like, that's the gravy that's perfect, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you do it 9,000 times and no one notices until you don't do it. Right. And then it's gone and you appreciate what you had. Um, and so he starts to walk out and she says, hey, Corey's got a, I mean, Sean's got a good friend. And he goes, yeah, well, she's got a good mom, too. She? she he's got a good mom, too. <laughs> um, which isn't necessarily true yet. <laughs> yeah. She has a lot of proving herself to do, yeah. but... Um, I don't know. I loved that part. Like Corey explaining like the gravy on the potatoes was just the sweetest thing on earth. Yeah. So then we go back to the trailer. Yes. 
And at the trailer, Sean and Chet are sitting talking again. And the oh no, they, the phone rings. Yeah. And so so Chet's on the phone and he's like, uh-huh, when was that? Okay, bye. Hangs up and he's like, Sean, I never want to lie to you. Your mom's floating. She says she blew up. She blew up? Yeah. Oh, I thought he said she. He said that she's floating. Yeah, he does after he says she blew up and now she's floating in the air and who knows where she is. She left. And oh, she, she exploded. Mama exploded is what I wrote down. And Sean's like, "What do you mean she left?" And he's like, "She's gone again. She left the hotel at noon today." And then you hear a knock on the door. Yeah. Well, first, um, uh, Sean says, "So uh, let me guess, you're gonna chase after her and chat." To his credit, says, not this time. I'm going to stay here with my boy. And then you hear the knocks, and everyone thinks, oh, it's Verna. It's Verna at the door. Knock, knock, knock. Door opens. Frankie. Frankie. Was that better? That was so much better. Okay. God. And he's Future says, Alden is so happy. And he says, um, I'm bringing someone here to return something to you. And Herman comes out from behind Frankie holding a Mr. Bubbles shampoo bottle. Yeah. Frankie says, it's with a heavy heart that I have to present you with someone who has something to tell you. And Herman, like, sneaks out the shampoo bottle. And it is Mr. Bubbles, which I always wanted Mr. Bubbles bubble bath really bad. Yeah. And Chet gives him a hard time. And she's he's like, all the valuable things in our... Uh, trailer and you took the bubble or the shampoo and And, um, go ahead. Herman says I am sorry for my transgression and betrayal of your trust (laughs) and Chet says you used some didn't you and Herman goes I am shame faced (laughs) oh that was good and um, then Frankie says we must go for we have other trailers to visit (laughs) um and so they close the door. Or no, they don't close the door. They just leave it open. Yeah, they leave That's it open. Important. And they have like this whole conversation where like Sean's like, are you sure you don't want to go after mom? And Chet's like, no, I'll be here for you forever. I have my secret plans. And Sean's like, you always have secret plans. Enough with that. And Chet goes, no, I'm going to let you in on it now. Like, here it goes. I've always said that I had secret plans that were going to make us rich. And here they are. I'm not going to leave you, son. And then... So, I mean, everything's good now. Yeah, he says, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be the best father you could have. If only your mother would know or something like that. And then... And then She's uh, standing in the door. Yeah, Sean's like, oh, she does know. And she's standing in the door, and they're one big happy family now. Yep. dun dun, dun. It's okay to leave, just, just <laughs> so you know. It's okay to go. Um, you don't have to come back. Just take your kid. It's all right. People are probably right now wondering if you're going to be on the next episode of Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World because you keep talking about leaving. Oh, if you have an Alden, don't leave. He's the best. Would you like an Alden? Just letting you savor on that. Uh, that's enough. <laughs> All right, so now we cut to the kitchen. Um, everyone's in a rush again. Um, Eric's like... Uh, hey, Dad, can you close up the store? I have a date with the Cinda. And Alan's like, can you please stop talking like that? Just say her name normal is Cindy. 
And Eric's like, no, dad, her name is Cinda. And then they just walk and out. And they walk out. And then Morgan, uh, runs, Morgan out. runs out again. And Amy, wearing the cutest pair of overalls in the world. Welcome back to Tanya's Fashion Corner. Overalls. I love them. She loves overalls. I wear them a lot. I'm wearing overalls right now. She wears overalls. They're pinstriped. They're very cute. Pinstriped overalls. They're shorts. And they're kind of short. And they have lots of pockets. And they have pockets. Not to be confused with a dress that has pockets, because I don't give a shit about those. She's not wearing dresses. (laughs) So Amy. So Amy. In her overalls, she goes and sits down at the table, and she's just, like, resigned to eating this gigantic breakfast alone. And... How much food are they throwing away every day? I have a problem with that. I know you do. But that's her 9,000 potatoes. She does it every day and no one appreciates it. That's true. That's her 9,000 potatoes. And how do we see that play out on the screen, because Tanya? Because Corey comes down the stairs and Amy like looks at him like, okay, like, am I getting the door for you again? And he sits down and he's just like, thanks for breakfast, mom. But he says it in a way where like you can tell that he's finally appreciating it. Yeah. He's like, hey, mom, thanks for making me breakfast. And it's... Chef's kiss. So good. And then we cut back to the funeral home for the post credit scene. Yes. During the credits, while the credits are rolling. Post credits. During it, uh, while credits are going, we have, we're have we seeing names over top of Corey and Mr. Turner and Mr. Feeney standing in the funeral home. And um, Mr. Feeney's like, you know, normally with your schemes and stuff, I get very, very scared about how they're going to turn out. But this one turned out great. And Mr. Turner's like, yeah, seriously, I don't know how you organize this, but this is amazing. And um, Corey's just like, she did so much for us and she deserves a memorial and we deserve to be able to say goodbye to her and show her how much we appreciated her. And then you, the camera pans to the door where all of the students start coming in and they have cafeteria trays with flowers on it. And they take their flowers off the cafeteria tray and put it on her casket. And yep. oh my goodness, writers. Mm-hmm. That was so good. Yeah, that was really good. Tanya's Bre- tearing up again. Brenda was watching from heaven and was like, I wish I could have those flowers right now. Make sure you stack those cafeteria trays where you got them from. Mm-hmm. And here's a piece of pie that I saved for you to Oh, stop it. <laughs> Um, so that's the full episode. Um, it was just, it it would have been hard to do an episode last week that involved everything that this one did and, and with everything going on that we were dealing with to, to have to sit here and talk about Chet would have been woof rough. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Tanya, how did you feel about season four, episode four, which was directed by Jeff McCracken and written by Matthew Nelson? Who's Matthew Nelson? I don't know. Well. I'll bet Matthew Nelson wrote all the good parts. Maddie Nels. Because whoever wrote the Chet parts knew Chet very well. So I'm going to guess that was Jeff McCracken. I mean, he directed it. He didn't write it. He directed. Who wrote it? Matthew Nelson. Oh. He had some some tips from Jeff McCracken (laughs) because they knew. They knew Chet very well. Yeah. All the other parts were perfect. I mean, and Chet's part isn't not perfect. It's played out very perfectly. Oh, it's it's incredibly well written. It and um, 
one of the hardest things to do in in a lot of media is to write a believable, hateable villain because so many people write the bad guy and they write them very well to be like entertaining mm-hmm. and then you get to watch them and have fun watching them. So you end up liking the Walter White or the Gus Fring or mm-hmm. uh, the wrestling villains that we end up loving right. because they're bad guys, but they're fun. Right. Uh, and it's it's few and far between when you really get a villain in there that's intended to be a bad guy and is well-written enough to actually seem hateable. And realistic. Like, right. my feelings toward Chet are my feelings towards anyone who is like Chet, and we know so many people who are like Chet, and it's just painfully accurate. Yeah. And Sean, as a person, is also painfully accurate. I think that's why I jumped to his defense, and I... I I jump into, you know, the conversations about, you know, poverty not being a joke or whatever, because we've watched kids go through some of this where it's really, really difficult and painful. Yeah. So the writing is impeccable. Yeah. No, the writing is great. And and I think that's where the frustration comes in. It's not, Mm -hmm. I'm not upset with a poorly written episode ever. Like, it's the fact that it's so well written that it makes you dislike this character so much but i can tell you right now that as a kid i remember watching this episode and thinking like corey's got to get their mom to come back to them yeah and you're like yay they're all back together but as an adult now like you see that she wasn't meant to be there Mm -hmm. um she should have done things differently sure Mm -hmm. Uh, but she felt bad enough to be writing Sean a letter every single day. And to be watching from across the interstate. Like, she wasn't doing that to really see Chet at all. Like, she loves her son and wants to make sure he was okay. And I think that part of it that is a conflict, like, the conflicting part for me is that while I'm upset that she left her child, that was probably, like I said, that emergency right. spur of the moment, like, gotta go, gotta get out of here. My kid is safe. I know that he's safe. Like, I've just gotta go. And then she felt like she couldn't come back because she mm-hmm. already made the big mistake. Like, she already hurt him and she didn't want to hurt him again. And and when we're having this conversation, we're, we're glossing over the fact that we don't know everything about how his life was before. She could have been a bad mom. Like, we, right. don't, we don't know. She might have recognized the fact that she was not a good mother. Right. She kind of says that to Corey early on. She says, just being a, um, a parent to a great kid doesn't make me a great mom. Mm-hmm. Like she's accepting the fact that she was a bad mom. Right. And maybe not just for leaving. Maybe there was a lot before that. Maybe right. she was a terrible mom. Right. Um, I just, I don't want it to seem like we're like, oh, screw Chet, he was terrible, blah, 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 and then like, oh, but you know, Verna, she's a a saint who did everything right. Like, I just really, I have a lot of empathy for the fact that in a situation, in a fight or flight situation, sometimes you just have to go and and then figure things out after. Well, and I also think as, as... I have a very strong personal belief that it is important for a child to see a good situation. It's it's more important for them to see you struggling in a in a in a healthy situation than it is to see two miserable parents complacent mm-hmm. with just hating everything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I, I find that incredibly important to all kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't remember what I was watching the other day, but I was watching something where they were talking about how, um, like their parents were divorced and how terrible that was for them. But my parents were together and they were terrible for me. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it goes both ways. Right. Um, so anyway, but the Frankie stuff, God, that was so good. The Frankie stuff was like something out of the best dream I've ever had. <laughs> like if I had a dream where like Frankie comes to the door and he's like, I need you to watch my brother. And it was like one of those dreams you wake up and like, that was a weird dream. But oh my gosh, I'm going to carry it with me all day because it was fantastic. That was that those two parts of that episode. I will mention that we also see Frankie again putting a rose on top mm-hmm. of Brenda's casket. And like he just the moment he's on screen, it's just like, oh, my heart. Yeah. Um, and the, all the stuff with Corey and Brenda was really good, mm-hmm. too. Uh we dwelled on the negative too much, I think, because that story was so great. It was so good. Um, because, again, I think it was really realistic. And you're watching a kid who doesn't know how to deal with loss and is dealing with it for the first time, mm-hmm. even in this kind of ancillary way that's um, he's he's not equipped to to handle at all. I I do also want to point out, and I think it is a very relevant thing for right now, is that when he wasn't sure what to do with his feelings of sadness or frustration or just really he wasn't sure what he was feeling and why he was feeling it, he jumped into action. Yeah, he did something. And that is so important. Yeah. He was able to help his student body heal because he jumped to action. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that that's very relevant for right now. Yeah. No, I mean, it's huge right now. Um, for so long, we've all been in situations that we kind of have just let happen. Mm-hmm. And, and now finally people are standing up and taking action. And, um, and we've all felt uncomfortable. I mean, I guess there's some people who haven't, like, I'm sure. But I know Alden and I have always felt sad and uncomfortable over injustice and in really in every situation. But right now it is, you know, the cause of of Black Lives Matter and why it's happening. Like we've always felt uncomfortable and sad and like we want to do something. And I think it's important that now we're giving we're finding more resources and figuring out how we can take action with these feelings that we have. Right. And and take action to learn. Like, Corey learned about Brenda, figured out what she was like, figured out what was, what was important to her, and then made a memorial for her with what was the most important thing in the world to her. Yeah. So I think that was my takeaway, and it was a huge takeaway because the fact that that correlated so clearly to me with what is going on in the world right now Oh, it's just, it's, um, I, I think we were talking about it last week. Mm-hmm. Like the odds of this being the episode that we are talking about this week is insane. Like it just, it all ties in with, with everything going on right now in the year 2020. Right. And this character, she died of natural causes or whatever. But the the important part for me was that this kid didn't know how to deal with the feelings that he was feeling. So he took action 
learned, Mm -hmm. grew, and did something about it. Right. No matter how big or how small, he took action. So. Yeah. So that's how we feel. Yeah. I didn't even ask you how you felt because for the first time you just jumped in and just started talking. It was good. Yep. Because I never talk. I'm such a quiet person. That's not true. (laughs) Um, This is an incredibly short episode. I thought it was a lot longer. I just looked up at the time and like, wow. Well, it was like, so the episode was complex, but also perfectly simplistic, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very much like this, what you are seeing right now is what is happening. Right. There wasn't a lot of digging to it. Like, and I think that's what made it so important. Yeah. And when it ended, I looked at Alden and I was like, has there ever been a more perfect piece of television? And he was like, yes, <laughs> so many, because this one had Chet in it. <laughs> like, I mean, that's really, so... it. If I was going to grade the episode, I would say it was a really well-written, great episode. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it was comfortable for me to watch. Right. But it was a great episode. Yeah. I mean, it was a really... It's just how I feel about media in general is that I like watching real situations play mm-hmm. out. And it seemed like a real situation we were watching play out. Right. I think this episode embodies why we have always found this show important. Yep. So. Anyway, it's so... I think we're about done, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Tanya. Yes. Tell the people where they can find us. You can find us at BMG and BMW on Twitter. BMG and BMW at gmail.com. Sorry, I'm used to you saying like, and. I know. <laughs> and then you can type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World in the search for really anywhere. But on Facebook, you can find our group and join our group. Yes, you can. Unless you're a bot. No bots allowed. Yeah, we don't really do the bot thing, but we do We do like people in there. And yeah. We like talking to you guys because it's mm-hmm. really fun. Yep. Um, anything else you want to add before we go? No, I don't think so. Okay. No chicken update this week, I guess. Well, next week. they're huge. Next week, chicken update. Mm, yep. Um, so thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 4, Episode 4. Class dismissed.